What's going on guys? Austin here and in this video we are going to be taking a look at what the Houston Texans should do with their NFL offseason. So when I wrote this was before the Deshaun Watson trade and the first note that I have is <clears throat> trade Deshaun. Uh, that makes sense. So uh, step one checked off. Next build the offensive line and the wide receivers for Davis Mills. All right. Now, their free agency has been relatively quiet. They haven't really brought in any real big splash guys. They've brought in uh, AJ Can, a guard from Jacksonville, on a two-year, $8 million deal. And that is the biggest, most lucrative contract that they had signed this offseason. Um, nothing special. I mean, when you're talking about $4 million a year for two years for a guard. Uh, now, they have signed quite a few players. It looks like they've brought in somewhere around 10 or 11 guys. But, uh, you know, a couple linebackers, a couple running backs. Um, nothing nothing special. Uh, they, do, they did bring in a center from the Chargers. So they have put some effort into that offensive line. Don't really know how well that's going to pay off considering these guys aren't great players um but they have cap space they have cap space to make moves unfortunately for them i don't think that the texans are an attractive destination right now they've got 13 million dollars total in cap space which is nice so you could theoretically you know poach some players away with some extra dollars but you got a lot of guys on your team that are just there for the money and so it's really hard to bring players in when nobody wants to be there because you have to overpay. Now, fortunately, this year, they're pretty well set up. Um, I mean, their, their fourth highest cap hits a kicker at 2%. So they've got a lot of guys not making a lot of money. Uh, I mean, we're talking Laramie Tunsil is, you know, $17 million. Brandon Cooks is $16 million. Then free safety Eric Murray is $4 million. Then, uh, Kaimi Fairbairn, kicker, 4.3. Uh, so, <clears throat> with the young quarterback that you have, and you guys know how I feel about young quarterbacks, right? Davis Mills, I think he was a third-round pick. He is a $1.186 million cap hit this year, which is effectively nothing. Uh, you got to build around him. You got to make him feel confident. And the only way to do that is to use your assets either in free agency, which is your money, or in the draft to support him. So speaking of the draft, what does that look like for the Houston Texans? Well, I think the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans or one of the New York teams, the New York Jets or the New York Giants, one of those three teams is going to have the best draft this offseason. Now, the reason I say that is because, one, they both have a lot of picks, and the Chiefs have a lot of picks. The Chiefs have 12, but why aren't the Chiefs high up there? Well, that's because the Chiefs' first pick in the draft, I think, is 29. Not great. And the Jaguars have a lot of picks, but all of the picks that they have stocked up starts in the fourth round or later. The Houston Texans have two firsts, pick number three and pick number 13. They've got a second and two thirds. So what that gives them is five picks 
in the top 80. Then they've got two fourth-round picks, number 107 and 108, back-to-back. -back, really nice right there. Then they've got three sixth-round picks and a seventh, right? So they could pretty much do whatever they want within that top 110 picks because they've got, they've got seven picks in the top 110. Normally, if you've got four or five in the top 100, you're really set up. Well, they've got, they've got seven in the top 110. Absolutely excellent position right there. Pick number three, I'm banking on Jacksonville taking a defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson, and I'm banking on Detroit either taking a quarterback or safety Kyle Hamilton or trading back with a team who wants to get Kayvon Thibodeau. So what that leaves me is, as the Houston Texans, you can either go with the left tackle Akeem Iwanu or Evan Neal. Either one of those guys, I'm perfectly fine with. I love the move because what that leaves you with is pick number 13, and you have the chance to probably take the first receiver in the draft at pick number 13. So do you want a Jamison Williams? Do you want a Garrett Wilson? Do you want the guy from USC whose name escapes me right now, just like it escaped me when I was filming the, the, the Jaguars video? I don't know. But whoever you want, you can grab the best of them along with a franchise tackle. So now you've got now you've got your bookend tackles set. Right? You've got Laramie Tunzel for a couple more years. You've got Akimi Wanu. Just like how the Detroit Lions just this last year had Taylor Decker and they drafted Panay Sewell six overall, right? They played Panay Sewell at right tackle. You can either you know swing Laramie Tunsil over to right or play Evan Neal, whoever you want at right tackle. But you've got your tackles set up. You went after a couple of interior offensive linemen, a guard and a center in free agency. Hopefully that works out for you. But then... Then this is where it starts to get fun because you've got a second and two thirds. What do you want to do with those? Grab another receiver. The third round, you might be able to grab the best tight end off the board. Uh, I'm not sure who it is. I think it's that guy coming out of Notre Dame. Um, and then, you know, another interior offensive lineman with your second, third round pick. And then maybe start looking into the defensive side of the football. Uh, you know, you can grab you can grab a running back. With your second, third round pick, maybe try to, you know, bolster up that running back room. They had a, a lot of uh, past their prime guys this last season. They had like three or four guys that they had all on the roster, like Rex Burkhead and David Johnson. And uh, I think they ended up cutting Philip Lindsay and trading Mark Ingram, which was, was just so, so many running backs there. Um, but that's the move. I wouldn't be surprised if the Houston Texans, uh, after after all is said and done on draft night, uh, draft days, rather, draft week, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, we take a look at the Houston Texans and say, man, they really set themselves up for the future. This is this is the franchise that that had the best draft because they've got they've got the picks, they've got the quality picks, and they've got the plethora of picks. It's all gonna depend on what they do with them. And, you know, hopefully for Davis Mills, they, they treat him well and they get him the team that he needs. Uh, one more point. The last, the last note that I have, uh, it's kind of a dis disrespectful one, and I, I, don't, I don't like having to say it. 
But I think the Texans need to start scouting for Lovey Smith's replacement at head coach because he clearly was not hired to be the head coach long term. I don't think that I don't think that it was a smart head coaching hire. And so, you know, really, you're in a situation where you hired a defensive, two defensive head coaches back to back for to what end? Honestly, I mean, Lovey Smith, as much as I love him, you you heard what I said in the in the coaching hired hirings uh, episode, you know, a couple episodes ago. But Lovey Smith isn't the guy, you know, maybe. Maybe you can finally convince Eric Bieniemy with a couple of great draft picks and a couple of good free agent signings. Maybe you can finally convince Eric Bieniemy to come down, uh, you know, because the guy who I would have wanted, Brian Dable, he went to New York, which, you know, unfortunately for Brian Dable, that looks like that's going to be a mess for a long time. But neither here nor there. You got to build, and you got to get the coach. Build around the quarterback, and get the coach that's going to do him right. Austin Greeno. This is the extra point.